Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coach Grice, here we are again. Uh, talking preps over time. Uh, I think once again, we're going to do our best to deliver a fantastic interview. I see who we've got uh, sitting back there in the green room. And, and I think that once again, we're going to continue to set this bar high. Oh, I agree 100%. I mean, we've you know been fortunate to get some really great coaches in here. And not just great coaches, but great men. And I think that's you know one of the things that I've always wanted to do with Talking Preps OT is that there are a lot of great men out here leading other young men. And this gives them a form and opportunity for them to express that to everyone around. And, I mean, this guy is no different, and I'm excited to hear what he has to say. Yeah, and I think that's just uh, goes to show just how strong the football brand and high school football and high school athletics is within the – the Carolinas. Let's not forget, there's some women out there that probably are very influential in football, too. We probably need to hit them up one day as well. Uh, but hey, without any further ado, let's bring in our big guest for today, uh, head football coach over at Providence State High School, good friend of both of ours, Coach Chad Greer. Coach, I appreciate you getting on with us. Hey, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Definitely, Coach. Oh, we're just glad to have you on here. You know, of course, in this area, everyone, you know, knows, I feel like a, at least a little bit about you, you know, and then some maybe don't. But, you know, for those that don't or don't know the whole story, could you kind of talk about your, your playing and coaching history and, work, you know, bring us up to the present day? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I'm old now. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, born and raised in Charlotte. My whole family's been from Charlotte forever. Um, you know, I went to South Mech. My mom taught at South forever. She retired as a teacher, became a full-time sub at Myers Park. So my parents went to Harding. I mean, we just we've been here for a long time. Um, uh, I ended up playing my junior senior year at Charlotte Latin, uh, much to my mom's chagrin, but uh, had a great experience there. And then um, we uh, went to the University of Richmond out of uh, out of Latin. I played two years there. Then I transferred and finished playing at East Carolina. Um, got into coaching actually is a is just something I love to do. Uh, I coached in college at like a local gym down at Elm Street Gym in Greenville basketball and just be, love being around kids like my dad was a great youth league coach and coached at catholic right before odo got there with uh, skip podell so it's kind of been my my blood i guess and um so i, I coached at western guilford high school and guilford middle school in greensboro right out of college I, i'd work all day and then they they set it set up where i'd go at night and i worked for charlie griffin who was just an unbelievable man um you know rest in peace he was just such a great leader of young people especially the kids that were uh really the first first time I really saw how a man took took two just totally different groups within the same school and pulled them together as a family, and that, that had a huge impact on me. Um, in addition to playing for Coach Larry McNulty at Latin, who just I think is the best coach I've ever been around. But um, you know, I coached at Western Guilford, coached uh, for Coach Mack at Latin, coached at South Lake Christian. Um, you know, was uh, reluctantly took the job at Davidson Day as a head coach while I was still working. You know, in, in different uh, in, in business. Um, thought I would do it for a year and then hand it off to somebody. Ended up uh, you know, eight years later, uh, finally um, we, we moved on from there, went down Oceanside and coached in Charleston. 
there again, thought I had my life figured out. Um, had three grown boys and thought I was going to you know, basically just uh, I quit working um, outside of coaching and just became a coach full time for the first time. And I was living my best life, walking to the beach and a great school with great people and kids. And uh, then, um, you know, uh, the good Lord blessed me with a, a baby. So I've got a two and a half year old now. So we moved back to Charlotte and Providence Day. We really wouldn't have come back to Charlotte for probably anything else. I mean, this is just such a unique place and special opportunity. So the chance to come back to Charlotte, be with family, raise my youngest son, Hank, around family, uh, brought us back to Charlotte. So, um, you know, I've been around a little bit. I, you know, East Carolina, I got to play for Kevin Gilbride and Mark Richt and Steve Logan. So just got to really, I think I set a record East Carolina for most consecutive quarters wearing a baseball hat uh, while Jeff Blake was playing. Um, so not, not a great record to have as a quarterback, but uh, I got a PhD in football from some really great football minds and um, been able to, you know, fortune surround myself with some great men who also coach to help us uh, put together a, um, you know, a scheme and system that's been able to work, you know, over the years that uh, I think the kids enjoy playing in and we've had some success. That is, that is great. That's an extensive history there, coach. I love to hear it. <laughs> First, I want to kind of, you know, zone into the point, you know, of talking about your, your eight years at Davidson Day. I mean, you know, I, I definitely want to hear kind of you saying, you know, you thought you'd only do it for a year. I mean, then you look back and I mean, you were there eight years and you, you know, you've had some an incredibly successful run, you know, had a son come out, had some you know other players as, as well, have done some great things. Could you yeah. talk about your time there and just how you felt, especially as it seemed to come to that, you know, abrupt end? You know, I think that um, I talk to the kids all the time that, you know, and I'm not at a faith-based school. David today wasn't either, but uh, faith is a very important part of my life. And I, and I think it should be important to all kids, regardless of what your faith is. I, I'm a Christian and I am uh, have a very strong, you know, deep root of faith in that. But uh, whatever your faith is, I think that that should be the biggest part of who you are. Football shouldn't define you. Uh, it's your family, your faith. And I think football is just an incredible tool to reach young people and uh, especially young people that really – believe in the game is um, something they, they pass their passion about. You know, that That's my trick. And that's how an older guy like me can still be relevant to um, to younger kids is that I can use the game to, to reach them. And, uh, and while I've got their attention, I can pour some other stuff into them. So Dave today to me was, you can't, um, I don't think Walt Disney could have written this. If I'd written that as a script, I said, here's what happened as a script sitting Walt Disney himself and said, Hey man, make a movie about this. He'd be like, there's no way that could happen, man. No, I can't, I can't make a movie about this. It just, uh, I think it was God's hand was on uh, the, the kids and the families that were pulled together. And uh, the, it was magical what happened there. But, um, and what we tried to do is figure out, okay, but besides, uh, you know, being led there. So I, for me, it was just continue to be um, prayerful over what, what I'm doing. Uh, and every morning I said, I'll start my day with just asking for his guidance. And, you know, and, and I don't, I'm, trust me, I, I am not a holier than thou. I, I, I do not walk a straight path and I'm a, <laughs> I've am ai got many, many flaws, but uh, I think I intentionally try to be in uh, in his will with what I'm doing, with leading young people. And uh, I went to Oceanside largely on, you know, uh, being felt like I was being led there. And the thing that worked so well at Davidson Day was we had continuity in our staff and we had just a great commitment to a culture that was bigger than football. And, and create this football family environment that was based on these seven core values that we ask our kids to adopt. And we took that Oceanside and had great success. We brought it to Providence Day. And, you know, our kids, it's, it's they, um, they chant them. So after games, you'll hear, our, win or lose, you'll hear our kids screaming out this chant. You, you know, if you don't know what they're saying, you're thinking, oh, man, what are these kids doing? And they're, they're saying that I value others. I'm respectful. I'm on time. I mean, it's the things they're, they're saying are just things you, you go, wow, those don't sound like really tough guy things to say, but it's the very essence of what we're about is raising great young men that 
we think that that skill set's not only effective uh, in football, but it's transferable to everything you do in life. Oh, I appreciate those responses. And I'm going to kind of stick a little bit here with the day-to-day aspect. Uh, and, and, and I, too, you know, I'm not an overly religious guy. I don't go around trying to, to use religion in, in any sense of what I do in promoting football. But I've often said that the high school football in particular is kind of my ministry, that I go out there using high school football as the vehicle to promote better citizens, better parents, you know, better business leaders, anything. Because, of course, my background, as all three of us, is in coaching as well. Uh, but sticking to the day-to-day aspect, you know, here on Talking Preps, I've kind of used this uh, little logo or a little, little line where the guru was right or where the guru was wrong. Well, I, I found out in a hurry that I was wrong about one thing. And I want to take it back to, to when your son, Will, is the quarterback at day-to-day. And I remember him just putting up these – I don't know, like Madden football numbers out in high school. I mean, it was just unbelievable numbers. But I, I have to admit that I just was not quite sold on the fact that I just didn't know how good he was. I Man, I knew he had the measurables. He looked the part. He threw the part. But when you're playing against some of the teams y'all playing against, it was just sometimes hard for me to comprehend. But I'll tell you, I was wrong 100% when I drove down to San Antonio and he was in that Army game. And I watched him compete against some of those guys out there. And I'm like, man. Uh, this is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. And, and it almost made me feel bad for the previous couple of years, not believing in him the way I should have. But, but I, I guess my question is, is just uh, how how was it like with those years at Davidson's Day from a football standpoint, just putting up those, again, video game-like numbers and just having a lot of fun for those guys? Because you got to admit, the experience, you know, I know your son was on a path to, to greater things, uh, but for those guys that got to play with him, that had to be a magical time for their life. It's hard to explain, uh, and you can't – I mean, really, I, Coach Sarepka, Dave Sarepka is uh, still coached with me here. He's one of my best friends and a great coach, and, and um, we did that together. It was not me, by the way. I mean, I get all the credit for that, and it was, it was way more than me. I was one piece of a, a family of men that came together and built this thing and had great support from people in the community and, and the families that, that bought into what we were doing. But um, you really can't appreciate how special that was if you didn't see it up close. And, uh, you know, make no mistake, we, we weren't playing Chambers or, or uh, you know, every week. But, I mean, it was very good football we were playing. And it wasn't, um, wasn't by accident. I mean, I've never been – the work ethic those kids put in. And, I mean, the, the, those kids that come back, which I love. Like, we had Davidson Day kids on the sideline Friday night. Had an ocean – Sam Hartman was there. We had you know, a bunch of kids, that, you know, from all over that part of our football family that stayed connected, which I love. And they, they give me a hard time about getting soft, you know, how soft I've gotten. And, man, you wouldn't allow that before. Oh, man, you you know, you're, you're so – and I'm, I may have. I, I don't think, truthfully, I don't think I have the energy. And I don't think that I, I probably would be allowed to coach still if I coached as hard as I coached the kids at Davidson Day. But but what you were saying, we our, Will had a chip on his shoulder because people doubted him. The, the Davidson Day kids had a – they played with a chip on – they worked with a chip on their shoulder because everybody said, well, there's no way it could be that good. And they would go out and beat whoever showed up in front of them. And they, but they did it from absolute work ethic. And – the coaching, the level of teaching and technique that was done with those guys. We never had big numbers, so we didn't get, you know, what you never stood around. I mean, you, you practiced for two hours. You were practicing for two hours, and, and you were getting taught something very specific by some really great coaches, and those kids just bought in. And it, it was um, – the stories, though, man, I mean, when we got there, they, were, they didn't own a Nerf ball. Like the the local uh, guy, you know, Justin Park, came out and said, hey, man, I want to do a uh, picture with you can you just grab a ball or something or a helmet? And I'm like, man, we ain't got any helmets. And there, there's not a, there ain't even a Nerf ball. Like they had the PE class didn't even play football. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, scramble. Somebody found a sweatshirt. I remember Steve Smith came out from the Panthers and we, I just, they gave me a regular sweatshirt. So I put this on for the, uh, 
for the picture with Steve Smith. But it, you know, we didn't have a schedule. We didn't have uh, helmets, shoulder pads, nothing. Um, we had a drawing that said, hey, we're going to build you this stadium. We'll have it next year. I'm like, well, look, I'll get this thing off the ground with a JV team, a middle school and a JV team. And then, you know, we'll, I think Will's got a chance to be pretty good. I don't need to be his coach. I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll help. But, it, look, i got more time. I'll tell you the whole story. It, it, it'll take a minute. And you won't believe it. But, anyway, we, uh, I just thought I, I'll get it going and then I, I'll go back. I've got a real job. I mean, I, I'm responsible for providing for my family. And I don't have time to be the head coach. And we got it off the ground. And, um, you know, I – I don't know that I've said this very many times publicly, but I ended up after that first year, I had brain surgery. Um, and while they put 35 platinum or 45 platinum coils in my head, uh, something went out on this side and I lost my whole left side. I couldn't walk. So I literally was in the uh, intensive care in the hospital trying to figure out how to walk again to get, get out when it was determined that I would just remain to be the, the, the permanent coach going forward. And I was telling the school, I can't do this. I can't even walk. And uh, she just was very passionate that I was the right guy and I need to do it. And prayerfully, uh, I, I learned to walk again pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, we kept going. And, uh, and some, again, that's why I just – it's way bigger than, than football or anything I did. It was uh, – I think God's hand was on – there was something magical there with the kids and the families that came together to make that happen. And I was just the, the guy that he chose to be a part of it. And um, and it was – I was supposed to do it. And it – I really couldn't make up the, the amount of incredible stories of young men and what they accomplished and achieved. Uh, it'd be hard to, you know, it would take hours to take you through all this, but it just was unbelievably uh, rewarding to be a part of. It was not me. It was not that I had some magic scheme. It was kids that were talented that worked their rear ends off to maximize that talent and, um, and did some, and really the biggest things they played for each other. We talk about it all the time. Don't play with each other. Play, make it about somebody else. Make it bigger than you. And those kids did that, and the success they had was overwhelmingly incredible. Like you, beyond what I think anybody could expect it from a group of, you know, twenty-three to thirty-five kids. I mean, we we had a team that had twenty-three to start the year. We played Marvin Ridge. If you got to I mean, this is a great story. We're playing Marvin Ridge, and we have eighteen kids dressed out healthy. Eighteen. And uh, every one of them, obviously, we, and 14 of them really going to play. I mean, we, we had like a kicker and three guys <laughs> yeah. really could safely play. Right. So, uh, we're out for pregame. And Marvin Ridge is a great place. You've been a great environment to play, a great student section. They, have, they come out of their tailgate up at the parking lot. And, um, you know, all, all 18 of us are on the field for our pregame. And they come down the hill and they split out in two and they kind of surround you. They, they do their warm-up. They run down the other side of the field and, so Sarevka, who was hilarious, um, is standing next to me. He goes, hey, man, just follow my lead. And I'm like, what? He said, just, just follow my lead. And I said, all right, man, whatever. And so as they start coming down, spit us around us, Dave puts his hands up and says, hey, hey, hold, y'all hold up, hold up. Like he's talking to the rest of our team that's behind the bleachers, like our linemen or something still hadn't come out yet. It's like just our kickers. And, stuff. <laughs> and so I start going, what, who are we telling to hold up? What, what are we doing? Hold up, hold up. So the Barbara Ridge kids now, instead of like, doing their intimidation thing. They're all looking around to see who else is coming. There's nobody else coming. It's just all <laughs> We got in that game, the third play, Chase Monroe, who's playing Wake Forest right now, is playing linebacker and left tackle. Burst through, hits a guy in the backfield. Great play. Gets a stinger. He's out for the game. Oh. So now Jermaine Blackman, who was a basketball kid and one of my favorite all-time guys. Uh, and he's, he's become a coach, and he, and, and he just stays connected with me. But he was a basketball guy that is a senior – 
three games in the season sides, coach, can I play football? We're like, yeah, man, we need you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> never, never played a game of football with his hand in the ground. Plays every snap at left tackle and defensive end. And um, I mean, at the end of the game, Ryan, so moving up, we had good players. Don't get wrong, right. a lot of players. Ryan Titus, who played at Wofford, and Dustin um, Tyler, who played at Gardner Webb, are literally cramping. And they look over, and there's nobody to sub for them. So we're letting the play clock, we usually play fast. We're letting the play clock run down. They are stretching each other's cramps out in between plays. They get them on a play. That's how the situation ran. And we ended up on the way. We hit a hitch and go for about 80 yards to Jacob Robinson. Anthony DeJoy hit Jacob Robinson from 80 yard touchdown to win the game with basically 14, 13 kids playing at that point. It was unbelievable. But that's the kind of stuff that happened to David today. It was just, you can't make it up. That that's incredible. I mean, coach, that you know, it's like you said. I think the best part is like stretching out cramps in the play clock. <laughs> play clock's running. I could use the forty second clock back then. We didn't have it. Right. Clock, so it I mean, now I don't think I don't know if you could get one cramp out for one guy now as quick as it goes. Oh <laughs> man, coach, that is that's that's an incredible story. I mean, we appreciate you sharing everything from you know your you know great return back, even just to get on the field. Um, to some of the great moments again there. But, you know, Coach, I definitely want to highlight, especially, you know, coaching your son. I mean, I think that is always one of the, the great, unique things about this game and, you know, how we're building up young men. Sometimes we're, you know, even building up the ones that, that live in our home. Uh, you know, I kind of want to get get to that story, you know, in game where he's, you know, he's out there, he's doing his thing. What's that moment where he may have overruled dad and actually been right, and that lets you know that he had it. That first moment, that story right there, Coach. Yep. He he was right a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So the thing with Will, it was really hard as a freshman and sophomore. I'm I'm a first-time head coach. Um, he's a you know 14, 15 year old kid growing up and uh, dealing with all the normal 14, 15 year old issues that the kids have. And I'm a, the biggest hard ass in the world. And you know basically what I said is you know I got to play for Coach Mack, who did an excellent job coaching his kids and kind of showed me the way. But either hold your kid to the highest standard and then some, or you play daddy ball. And daddy ball just wasn't an option because it would have just eroded the whole program. So it was hard on Will. And uh, I wouldn't – as hard as it was, it was hard on me, frankly. Um, those first two years were incredibly rough, but I wouldn't trade those for the last two, especially a senior year was just uh, – was a, our relationship just changed. It, it was the most incredible time I've had as a parent just uh, with, you know, him. Um, he uh, – you know, the, probably the best story that indicates who Will was, our very first ever varsity game – we're going to play at Harold's Christian. And then people that don't know who Harold's is, we, we knew we started a program. You know, they used to do private schools by size. You know, so football's just like any, like the public schools were done by size. And we were the smallest classification. And we felt like we might, you know, someday be able to get into the, the next one. Um, where, and we the, the powerhouse was Harold's. They'd won like 13 state championships, man. And they were uh, just a, a powerhouse and had some great players and always Hall of Fame coaches. It was uh, – Jack Holly, it was Brian Aldridge. I mean, they, the guys that would retire from hundreds of wins in public school and come to Harold's and just, you know, you drive and drive and drive out in the middle of nowhere. And then there's this great looking, beautifully manicured field and a really good football team. But Eastern North Carolina football, you know, we Delaware wing T stuff and, and they get after you. But so we built our program on, we got to be able to beat Harold's. So we got to be physically tough and we got to figure out how to deal with that offense. So, um, you know, the great thing was our very first scrimmage we've ever had. You know, is a Forsyth country. They used to have a jamboree, and we go up there for that. And we threw the ball, I think, twice. I didn't mean to throw it at all, but we we, we just ran, 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 like in too tight stuff. And um, we got to uh, 
It's a Harrelson first game, and they've got a pregame radio show that plays in the stadium. It's a great environment. And we're here on the radio show, them talking about, well, man, uh, Davidson Day is, uh, they're going to try to set up the run, and, and they're not going to throw it very often. And as long as we stop the run, we're going to be okay. And we're giggling to ourselves on the sideline, going, oh my God, <laughs> this may have actually worked. And uh, we came out and threw it for like 455 yards that game and, and went big. But the crazy thing is, uh, the, the, we had a little auto check with Will where uh, if they gave us something short, he's supposed to take it, or he could, if he'd be like, it was soft inside because they adjusted to our formation and he could run it. So he took off and run, uh, early, like set, third play of the game, and end up, we thought he broke his ankle. Uh, he, he go, he, he, and he's a very physically tough kid. He, he never lays down. Like you saw the game at Texas when he broke his hand, he just, you know, his fingers turned the other way. He just, he doesn't show pain. It doesn't, that's just not who he is. So when he stayed down, like, oh, this isn't good. So they get him off and got a young trainer. And I said, hey, man, uh, how bad is it? And the trainer said, man, I, I think he broke his, his, his leg. It's either his ankle or his lower leg, but it's broken. I was like, well, can he play? <laughs> he said, I'm not going to win any parent of the year awards for this. Right. <laughs> Look, I think I'll put a tape cast on. It's not going to make it any worse. It's already broken. I was like, well, Take him up, see what he says. He was like, I'm playing. He threw for like 455 and ran for over 100 on one. I mean, it turned out it wasn't broken. He had a, but it was worse. He had a third degree high and a third degree low ankle sprain. Oh, you can't. I mean, I, how he did that, I'll, I mean, I never really truly understand. The next week we have to go play Trinity, and they were really good back then. And uh, it was a hurricane came through that Friday. Will could, he was in a wheelchair at school. They had this hyperbaric chamber up in Huntersville that somebody told us about. So I got Will in a hyperbaric chamber all week trying to get the swelling down out of his ankle. <laughs> the game got delayed. If we played on Friday, it would have been a play. We go play on Monday, and uh, it's 5 o'clock in Fayetteville. It's 190 degrees, it felt like. And, uh, and they're playing cover zero and just bringing the house. And we put Will eight yards deep in a gun and said, <laughs> let it go. And, man, he just started just dropping bombs and, you know, Mike, Mike, and Seward, and Gates, those guys all just, you know, I mean, it was unbelievable. And, and they just, they kept getting better and better as the season went on. And, you know, just it, the magic just kind of kept rolling. It was crazy. Um, but, yeah, Will was a really tough kid as, as it went on. He knew the offense better than I did. And uh, he would just kind of direct it. If I called something wrong, which I, I'd still do to this day, I'll, I'll screw up and play and he'd just fix it. You know, right? He'd say, well, I got one. You know what I mean, he was, and I, it really didn't matter what I called he could make it work. We finally figured out we'd make you be the punter. Um, he's a pretty good athlete. And uh, we, we quit kick every now and again, but we lined him up to punt. And, um, you know, he just, uh, he throw it half the time. He, I think we, his senior year, he, he played in 13 games. We punted four times. Uh, we lined up in a punt formation playing eight. He punted four of them. Uh, fourth down and just another down for us back then. I mean, just – I, yeah. it was, it, I'll take our chance with him throwing it and kicking it and have to go tackle somebody. So I don't, I don't know if I gave you what you needed, but he, <laughs> he was, he was funny. Coach. He was, he was a little bit of a cheat coach. Ain't no doubt. Wow. Oh, hey, and, and I'm glad you brought up Harold's and, and, you know, Trinity Christian and Fayetteville, you know, a lot of the fans here in Charlotte that have followed high school football probably don't realize how great of environments. I mean, that's its own little bubble of football in the Eastern part of the state. But it really is a tough, really good brand. And even today, Harold's is still kicking some tail oh. out there. I mean, it's really, really good football. Uh, Coach Jason Arnett, I believe, they used to Jason be Arnett, yep. You know, that's, that's some really good football out there. Uh, but, you know, everybody here in Charlotte, you know, you've always been a, a big name, a big coach. Uh, I would put you right up there, at least 
maybe not in the same realm of Coach Tommy Knotts, but, you know, you're certainly Somebody. up there in terms of being respected and very well known. Um, but uh, all the question I always seemed to get, was there ever a chance that you would have ever ended up at a CMS school? You know, uh, um, so we when, when Dave and I got Dave's uh, Day started, um, I, honestly, Mo Collins would come out and, and actually train our linemen. And, uh, and being from Charlotte, you know, I mean, back in the days when Neil Williams was the quarterback and, you know, I just I mean, way back now, obviously, but, uh, you know, Richie Melkor and, and some guys that, you know, from West Charlotte, I, I think it was just, and West Charlotte was such an important part of the Charlotte football landscape in the community and it was down. And then when, you know, and when Mo, Mo was bringing it back and then when, when he passed, um, I mean, it was one of those things we used to talk about, man, it would be really cool to go do what we do at West Charlotte. And, uh, and so I really, was in the back of my mind, I was always like, that, because we really felt like we were doing this about, it was about kids. It wasn't about money. I mean, all, my entire staff never got paid a penny. I mean, the whole day-to-day staff was volunteer. We did it because we loved football and loved the kids. There was never a job for any of us. So, you know, it was like, man, you know, and, and we're blessed enough, like in my work, I could, I could make the living I need to make. I could still make it work. Um, so we thought, man, it'd be cool to do it. But at the time, there was no way to do it. You had to be a, a CMS employee to, to be a coach. That may still be the case. I don't know. But um, when I was leaving Davidson Day and trying to decide where to go, I, I talked to a couple of CMS schools. Um, and again, I just had a connection growing up in it and, and my mom being a teacher in it. Um, I, you know, I, it, it just it, it's not it didn't work out for me to, to make it. I couldn't make the math work. I couldn't make the situation work. Uh, there was one opportunity that, that I, I was really interested in that. Um, but the best they could come up with was, well, you had to be the ISS teacher and you know for three blocks and um you know in this room with no windows and, and then uh you know do your thing and i'm like man i, I don't know that i could do that <laughs> so uh you know just it didn't feel like it, it could work for me at cms but i a lot of respect for the there's so much talent in charlotte and there's so much talent in the hallways at so many of these schools i mean i and i i know that it's a challenge a lot of these places for coaches to do what they do and, and i have a lot of respect for the cms guys and you know, I, I, a lot of them I'm close with and have been close with for a long time. I know that, uh, like DJ over at Independence, he wanted to play this year. Uh, Harding, I, you know, Coach, um, Coach Smith was like, uh, they needed a game. We needed a game. They thought Garinger wasn't going to play. And, you know, he, he said, look, we got to play schools like yours to be able to build a program we want to have. And I res- that's what I did at Davidson Day. I totally respected that. Uh, DJ over at Independence needed a game. We need a game. What a great opportunity. Same kind of side of town. I mean, that'd be been a great draw, a lot of interest. AD wanted to play. We wanted to play. It's really frustrating to me that the CMS policy that supposedly existed because we had different eligibility rules 20 years ago, or however many that's been, that doesn't exist anymore. I and mean, the, the, the Charlotte private schools changed their rules so we don't have to go to Georgia and South Carolina and down east to play games when you got people in our backyard that need games too. Yet somebody downtown CMS says, well, we know you still have to do that. that. That's frustrating. But I got off topic. I mean, when I coach at CMS school, I would have loved to. I, I think the, there's so many great community schools in, in our town. And, and being from Charlotte, um, and my grandparents were Matthews, Mint Hill kind of you know, lived on Ottawa Road. I, I was raised up on Ottawa Road. I mean, you know, there's a lot of these schools I think would be really cool and fun to go coach at. But um, you know, my parents went to Harding. That's so why I got close with Grinder. I love the fact what he did at Harding. And I thought, man, that'd be a cool place to get involved with. And I came close to helping Sam there before I went to Oceanside. But, you know, I, I just can't make, make it work in CMS. Not not for, you know, I, I'm not a teacher. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate that Providence Days give me the opportunity they have to do what I love to do in a, such a great environment. And truthfully, I, I just I don't see, you know, God willing, I'll ever leave here.
No, I can understand that. And I mean, you know, that kind of leads into this next question. You know, I know you kind of led into some of your, maybe your non-football reasons of being back in the city. Um, but, you know, I definitely know it's a, it's a major football reasons and the big one being uh, that place you're at now at Providence Day. Um, can you talk about, you know, the, from the football side, why you made that decision to come back? Talk about your goals there and just, you know, everybody, you know, that whispering that word powerhouse there. Give us some insight in that, you know, your, your plan and of building into that program to one of the next big things. Well, I mean, you know, look, it, there's no doubt we have the resource here to do something special. And I, I think we're on the right path and we're, we're getting there. And, and they've had some really special talent here and they've had some great coaches. And there's a lot of different tradition and history here. But I think for me, the opportunity was, you know, the basketball program was nationally ranked just a few years ago, Dotson and Williams. And um, and it really built something, the community, the school community, the entire community could be proud of. Um, that's that's our mission statement is to be, you know, known for excellence and respected for excellence on and off the field and, and do it in a way that, you know, earns that respect and, um and he, you have all the tools in place that you have a great academics. I mean, it's, it's a hard school at the top of the hill, but you know, we've got facilities. Um, we have kids that are from families that are not going to shy away from working hard. They're, they're expected to do that. Um, you know, we have challenges and problems here. They're different than you have than problems in other places. But you know, I think the opportunity here to say, look, we're willing to travel, we're willing to play a national schedule. Um, you know, we don't have national level kids right now, to be honest with you. We don't, you can say we'll go play, you know, Bishop Borman or IMG, we're not that. Um, I think right now we're trying to be consistently the best team on Sardis Road. Uh, that's a lot. That's a mouthful right there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think the goal is to be consistently um, competing for state championships. And then, you know, like right now, we, we start four sophomores and two freshmen. Uh, you know, we, we played nine seniors, really. So, I mean, we're, we're still trying to grow this thing up with numbers that, you know, we can go consistently play at a high level. And, and I think we're on the right path to do that. I think we're – but you know, being as young as we were this year, we're, having, we're growing into being a better, better team by playing better competition. Um, I think the future is bright, but it's a, it's a it's a big leap to say we're going to go from where we were, you know, we're in the Division Two playoffs to say we're nationally a national power. I mean, that's that's we, that's a process um, to ever be considered on the level of these nationally ranked teams we have in Charlotte. Even uh, you know that that's a that's a great goal. I think it's a realistic and attainable. I think we're on a path to do that, but it's a process. So our deal is, I don't have a, we have three goals in the program, and not one of them is to win a game. Uh, our goal, first goal is to win kids. If we win kids in our culture, winning games takes care of itself. And that's proven itself over the last 12 years, and that's what we're going to keep doing. And I think that uh, the more kids we win, uh, the more talent we'll attract, that want to be part of what we're doing. Uh, the crowd we had the other night for homecoming was unbelievable. At a prize. For all the private school games I've been a part of, I've never seen a home crowd as big as what we had. It was an unreal and, and energetic and this community, this school community is such a great place. Um, I think they're, they're buying into what we're trying to do because it's bigger than football and we want them to embrace it and be a part of it. And I think that that's going to allow us to continue to attract great student athletes and great families to want to be a part of what we're building. And uh, we'll keep growing and making it to the, take the highest level we possibly can. That's awesome. Uh, and I, like I said, look forward to seeing you guys do that for sure. Um, you know, switch conversation a little bit. I know you're an offensive guy. I always have to ask this question, you know, talk about, you know, worst play calls. Uh, you always joke when, you know, I felt like, you know, being at Hopewell before, whenever I would have to play, you know, these big teams like a Chambers or like a Huff, you know, I felt like the downs were going too fast. I would I would look up as third and six. And I got this great play call coming. Hear my head coach scream, punt! And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I, I had the call, but – you know, those downs would go so fast, and I swear I'd lose track of time. Give us an insight into, you know, one of those moments where you just had that, you know, you felt like you had that right play call, and you looked up, and you're like, what the hell was I doing? 
Oh man, I, uh, uh, well, probably uh, using that Will example, that Trinity game when you know he's got to play on one leg basically, and uh, yeah. and I got called up in the game, and you know they're they're playing all the zero stuff, and they 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 started coming from the edge trying to get to him, and so I called a quarterback run where I got on one leg, and he still tells you, yeah, but I got forty on it, <laughs> forty got rolled up at the end, and had to you know it had to be carried off the field. I'm like, what am I doing? Really <laughs> smart. But uh, there's a lot of those, you know, coach, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I used to script plays. I don't, I don't, you know, I really much more, um, you know, it's my offense. I, I, you know, so I'm, I'm very familiar with it. I don't, I have a piece of paper I take with me as a reminder. I don't really do, I don't need a play sheet. You know, I don't, I don't have one of those clipboard things with, you know, 17,000. So I, I, I wouldn't be able to see it anymore. Anyway, I have to use these dang things to read my emails. It is, but <laughs> so I, you know, for me, it's, uh, I, I regret a lot of calls, and, and sometimes it's funny. You, you on, on the heat of the moment, you think, "God, if it doesn't work." You go, "God, I should have called something else." I, I was thinking about this. Yeah. We, we played Christ School this year, and um, we had fourteen guys out, and uh, and our quarterback goes out. I mean, and by the way, our our backup quarterback broke his hand in practice on third on my Wednesday. So on Thursday, we took Jordan Shipley, and our third string guy was already out. Yeah. So Jordan Shipp said, hey, man, hand off these two plays. So at least you know how to, you know, something were to happen. Again, nothing's going to happen. But if it did, you know, you at least hand the ball off a couple of times. So Grant goes out in the first quarter. And I'm like, Ship, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> so he's literally coming over. We were a no huddle, trying to go tempo. And he has to come over. We huddle every play. And I got more. I said, all right, here's what I want you to do on this one. You know, we, and we kind of coach him through. Yeah. Again, we get down. He played. I mean, God, a kid showed so much heart. Made yeah. plays through the ball. I mean, it's unreal. Uh, we have an 18-play drive to, to, to close the game. We're down four. We get the 11-yard line, seven seconds left. Now, play clock's going out of timeouts. Play clock's going, and you got one call to make. You know, what, what's your play going to be for a guy that, you know, look, he clocked it. He would never – I mean, we, we had to stop. He, he got ran up under center and clocked the ball to stop yeah. the clock. He's doing all these great – like, you got one play. What's your one play? And as a coach, I realized in that moment, I hadn't prepared for this. I don't have I don't have it right now for your 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 no, you're not a quarterback guy. Yeah. What's he gonna run? And so um I have an incredible staff and, and got some great ideas and input. We're all sitting there, we gotta make a decision. So call play and it doesn't work. And, and uh Jordan, you know, tries to throw it out of bounds and um, you know, time ran out. It should have been two seconds left, maybe, maybe not, but whatever. So uh <laughs> Clock runs out, we lose. Uh, heartbreaking. I mean, because the kids just did everything to to earn a chance to to win that game. And I'm thinking, I blew it, blew the call. And uh, you know, I, and I'm thinking of all the four different things I should have done. I turned the film on, and they had a TV game on. So there's a TV angle of it, and I look at it, and I go, Oh my gosh, it's wide open. I mean, he could he could literally turn and just toss it over his head, you know. Maybe, <laughs> and, but you know, the, the, it's not that the play call was bad; it's the preparation. He had no clue. How to stay in the pocket, manage that, or even find that. You know, I just assumed that, hey, man, this this is an easy thing. Y'all get to throw to this guy. I put him in a terrible situation. So the the play call might look right on for me. Oh, it was a great call. He's wide up. No, it wasn't because I didn't prepare the kid. You know, that's 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 as a coach where I failed, and uh, that one will haunt me. You know, I, I, we, we won a lot more than we've lost. But it's amazing how I remember details of every loss going back to the beginning. But I, I forget most of the stuff that happened in the wins. Yeah, no, of course. And, I mean, that kid has done, you know, so many good things for you. And, of course, I remember 7-on-7 this spring or this summer, that amazing catch on on third down that made it to, like, all the IG sites and everything. No, he's a special talent, man. And we're 
we're blessed with some great kids that are, you know, especially young kids that just, uh, oh, we got some great, really talented kids. We, you know, that that's the thing for us this year that was a little frustrating to start, you know, is we, we've got clearly a lot of talent. And so you go, well, if you got talent, you're not winning, that's coaching. So, you know, it's, it's 100% on me if we're not finding a way to win these games. Played a challenging schedule, but I think what I underestimate is we had 10 guys like on offense in the first game that never started a varsity game before. Talented kids play a lot of seven on seven, but it's a big difference to, to yeah. go out on Friday night, first time, first time, big crowd, big stage. And I've never done this before as a starter. And, you know, we, we, it took us, we've been growing through that. I think we're at a place now where kids are starting to expect to win every time they take the field, no matter who we play. And that, that's that's the culture we got to get to. We're going to earn the right through our work ethic to expect to win. I don't care who shows up. The Panthers show up. Uh, you're going to get some of this. Let's go. Yeah. Well, Coach, I only got one question that we'll end it with you this afternoon, and we appreciate your time. You've been very gracious with us. Uh, but whenever that time comes that uh, Coach Chad Greer will hang up the whistle and, and move on to, to business or fatherhood or grandchildren or whatever it is that you want to spend your, your days remaining doing, uh, what's the one thing you want to, to be remembered for? I mean, you've won hundreds of games. You, you've affected hundreds of lives of the young boys that you've coached. But, but what's that one thing that you want people to remember Coach Chad Greer for? Well, first I'll tell you that as you start to ask this, I have people tell me all the time. I mean, all the time I'll say, uh, you've got a two-year-old? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And people's reaction to that, she's like, wow, that's, that's, uh, oh, good for you. Mm." You know, or or guys in my peer group be like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But uh, they'll say, well, it'll keep you young. That's everybody's answer. That's going to keep you young, coach. It ain't going to keep you young. It's going to keep me employed. I'll never be able to retire. So, I don't know what the, you know, the, me calling it quits is ever going to look like. Someone's got to tell me, hey, you can't do this anymore. You got to go. <laughs> so I'll be working for a while. But I think the thing that you hit it, what I want to be remembered for is making a difference to young people. Um, and and it, what, what motivates and fuels me is how many of the kids that I've been fortunate uh, and blessed to be around stay in touch with me. So as an older guy, you know, I've got, you know, I, I see guys that, uh, you know, Ramsey Mara played for me at Southlake and, you know, and uh, was a great kid, never going to be a college football player, but, but became a professional something, you know, and he, he went to college and he got a degree. He's making, having success in his life. He gets his, buys his first custom suit, sends me a, um, a picture of his suit. He opens his lapel and he's got it engraved, not with his monogram, with his name, but hard work works. He's like, I, I can't tell me kids have come back to me as, as 24 and five and six and seven year olds saying, coach, you know, those values, I got it in high school. Reset them. They mean more to me now than they did in high school. I mean, you really made a difference. And, and that's where it, when I have these, these, these kids are now young men that are, will call me and tell me they love me. And, you know, coach, I just want to say, I just bought my first house. Or, coach, I'm, I'm out of car. What do you think? Or, you know, uh, coach, I'm, I'm thinking about getting married. Or, uh, just those are the things that I just feel like, man, I must have done something right. I do a lot of the wrong things. I say some crazy things to these kids sometimes, just usually trying to make them laugh. But I say some things probably ought not say. But I love the fact that I feel a genuine love and connection with these guys well beyond football. Uh, that's that's what I want to be remembered for. Wow. Uh, well, Coach uh, Chad Greer, uh, for Coach Grice and all, I think we knocked out of the park. Another great interview. Uh, we appreciate your time. And, man, this has just been such a great insight into your coaching career, your life, and everything else. Uh, Grice and I, I know we certainly appreciate you. I appreciate you guys for having me. really do. Thanks for all y'all do for high school football, man. It's needed and appreciated from all of us. Thank you.